Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 81 of the F Reality Podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and on Anchor. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us a nice review on iTunes. It would really, really help us out. Thanks to everyone that's joining us here live in the chat. Hello to you all. We really appreciate you joining us live every week. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Now it's time for me to introduce you to the team. Sadly, both Nathy and Rowdy couldn't make it this week, uh, but I've enlisted the help of some VR friends of ours. So up first, forming one half of the formidable VR femme fatales, it's Cass from Cass and Cherry. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you guys for having us, or me. <laughs> well, it's, today, so. it's a pleasure it's to have you on the show. All right. Thank you, guys. So next up, uh, everyone in the chat say ciao to the always informed about VR and tech in general. It's, of course, Tyriel Wood. How you doing, man? <laughs> ciao, guys. <laughs> good, very good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, always a pleasure to have very you both on. And this is something that people may not know about us, that we're actually all friends behind the scenes. We all talk to each other regularly. We see each other at events. You know, it's one big happy family. I feel like giving you a virtual big hug now. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. We just need a big pasta dinner. Share it between us. Well, yeah, that, may, yeah. that may be that happening next too. week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't Give know who's uh, at the helm of this fine vessel, uh, this guy's an absolute spacer and a junkie high on life. I guess that makes him a space junkie. It's legendary VR Twitch streamer, ZimTok5. Another hey, one doing, man? intro, man. Uh, yeah, good, good. Um, slowly getting the ship back into steady seas, I think. But uh, yeah, sorry for the slight delay there for the 110 of you watching. Thank you for holding on for the half an hour extra. Appreciate that. And for our audio listeners, you didn't have to wait at all. So don't you don't get any of my kudos. Come over to the video <laughs> side, the dark side. Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't swung by to see the video of us chatting, you should sometime and uh, you know interact with everyone in the chat. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of uh, really passionate people here today in the chat. So I'm looking forward to interacting with you all. Uh, but if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Mike. I'm the host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's show, we're going to be talking about the two new headsets announced at GDC this week. That's, of course, the two big hitters, the Oculus Rift S and the Windows Mixed Reality HP Reverb. It's going to be an interesting showdown between these two giants for sure. Uh, Zim's going to give you the lowdown on the latest releases for next week. And then we'll be giving you the details on some new games for both Oculus Rift and Oculus Quest that were announced at GDC along with much, much more. But of course, we'll start the show as we always do by finding out what people played this week and their highlight of the week. And of course, we're going to kick it over to Kaz first uh, to find out what you've been up to and what you want to talk about and share with us today. All right. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I've been playing a lot of um, VR games as a workout because uh, the summer is almost coming and we never get sun in Holland. So uh, <laughs> we have to look good. And um, and gyms, they uh, bore me to death, actually. So uh, VR does not. So I bumped into this new game. It's called uh, Rave Runner, actually. It's a huh. VR rhythm game, a new one. It's right now in its early stages 
in Alpha, and it's made by a company called Orpheus and in partnership with Kinematic Studios. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but uh, they are both companies very committed to self-care and good health. So this rhythm game um, is called Rave Runner, and I know there has been a lot of rhythm games after Beat Saber, Mm. um, but the only rhythm game that has kept me playing the whole time, like every week, like a religion almost, uh, is Beat Saber. And I think Mm. Rave Runner is going to be one of those games as well. Uh, because well, with Beat Saber, you guys know it, all know it. Um, you only move around your hands and your wrists, like you only train your arms, mm-hmm. right? But with Ray Runner, it, it's actually designed uh, to make you dance <laughs> with your whole body. Like instead of hitting the notes uh, to the beat, like uh, most rhythm games, Rave Runner is actually choreographed by a dancer. There's actually like a dancer avatar in front of you who does like all these dance moves. And then there's like those blocks coming at you, but then in such a order that makes you move your arms very smooth. And then it kind of makes you like, I don't know, busting dance moves out like smoothly. I probably look like a monkey. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is like so oddly coincidental, given we were just pre-show talking a little bit about Dance Central and the fact that I had to haul, because of yeah. all the harmonic stuff with Autica, haul out my Xbox 360 and connect. Because whenever you get new technology, which we'll be talking about today, um, I always want to go back and like play with my Wii and play with the connect and like reconnect with that stuff. Um, but it's got runner in the title. When I, I used to beg developers to implement something like, um, what was it called? We fit uh, the we uh, fit just module. Dance, right? where, no, no, no. The we fit module where you ran around an island. I used to think that that would be a great uh-huh. implementation in VR, and begged a few different development teams to take it on. And then one of them actually keyed on to me. They're like, "Well, when you're running, if the headset's not like really tight against your face, it's it's knocking against your head, so it's not the best experience." I'm really curious. Is there any running in this title, or, or no? You're standing still. Um, you're you well. You're not standing still, obviously, but uh, you, you're not running. You're not like there's no locomotion. Okay. Uh, there's like a um, a way, a road that's coming at you, so it feels like you're running, and it feels like you're an amazing dancer. But I, I'm, I'm probably it probably doesn't look like that in real life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I tried it yesterday with with Cherry, and we had just just such a good time with it so it's so fun i think once it's released it will be a conversation starter i think it's gonna be it's gonna be fun awesome it's coming on the oculus quest 2 as well so very interesting so like i'd be interested to know how you'd compare it to audica have you tried audica as well uh i haven't i haven't tried it yet so okay and with uh with rave runner is it got the same sort of like musical style as beat saber or does it have a certain genre that it kind of sticks with um, it has different genres right now. Uh, right mm-hmm. now, it also has the song called Satisfaction. Is that the, the Benny Benesse song? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh, okay. Like that that, then, then I'm kind of sold as well. I have to check this one out. That sounds cool. Yeah, oh, you can nice one. opt in for the alpha testing by going to their Discord, like everyone can. Nice. Yeah, and uh, you think this is going to be your go to app for working out in VR, do you say? Yeah, I think next to Beat Saber, I'm going to use this one as well. Amazing, amazing. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for sharing that, Kaz. Uh, I'm excited about this game now. Uh, So let's uh, move on to uh, Tyrell then and uh, find out what you've been playing this week and uh, what you want to talk about and share with us today. 
I guess was very specific, so I'm not going to be as specific, like uh, describing the game. But what I'm playing, actually, I played actually this week, uh, beside like playing with all the news around, because like that was my main thing. Uh, I actually went back to an old game, the uh, VR Dungeon Knight. Oh, uh, I don't VR? know if you know that. Yeah. Uh, it's a... It's a dungeon brawler uh, made by one person, actually, uh, I believe. And it's just so polished, so nice. Like uh, when you play in co-op, it's amazing. Uh, these are all these dungeons, like a random generated. Uh, there's a lot of way of locomotion, like uh, you can just regular locomotion. The one similar to uh, natural locomotion as well. Mm-hmm. That is very like for me it's very immersive when you use that yeah. then you have the climbing parts uh, you have stealth mechanics like uh, you have uh, uh, melee uh, with the sword and uh, and um, and the shield and then you have also uh, guns like it's very particular game and you evolve is like an RPG as well. So you get points to get better in a, like a stealth to get better, like a armor and stuff like that. You buy armors. It's like, it's a very complete game. And cool. uh, is that first, is that, I interrupt you there, Tyrell. Is, is it first person or is it third person? First person, okay. first person. You are inside, you are in there uh, with your friend if you want, like he's online, but you can play also by yourself. And you just go through these dungeons and like it's like always unexpected because everything changed so much and if you think this is made by one person and then you get to a point where like uh there's like a, a trap and you have to get through this trap and like think super fast like you really think like you are in indiana jones in same <laughs> <laughs> uh, like uh, there are like some situations that are like just amazing uh it's pretty cheap too i think it's 14 dollars, something like that mm. um and it 19.99 and it's actually very very immersive i um i really really enjoy it like playing with other people yeah. And, uh, so yeah, interestingly, because like, you said that you um, you play sometimes with your girlfriend, have you got like a, a two system setup that you can both play together co-op or? Okay, not for this game yet, but I right. play uh, usually with either. And uh, that's a problem because every game costs double you guys pay for a game. <laughs> <laughs> I, know what that's like now. I know what that's like now. Oh my God. But what I recommend is is still reach out to devs because they like this kind of coverage. So just like, okay. like hey, I wanna, you know, I want to play with the other half. Can you want to please? <laughs> please, please. I, I will because like a game that we actually playing together is from the other son. Zim knows about it. Oh, uh, and uh, like together, it's just amazing. Like uh, you take control of the ship, like you go all around everywhere. It's like a super cool game. And that was pretty expensive because it's like, <laughs> Show us the scar. Where did you sell the kidney? You sold the kidney, uh, right? I actually have one. Look at this. Like, <laughs> they took a part of my uh, my arm. But yeah, from the other son was the other. And yesterday I played a little of Space Chunkies just to see the difference between like oh, with yeah. the first beta. But I think we're going to talk about that later. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. But overall, like... Um, great games all three like uh i like playing co-op so those are my games and what was the first one called again vr dungeon night vr dungeon night that's how it starts (laughs) 
There we go. So what about you then, Zim? What have you been playing this week? I'm intrigued. I I finally, after a couple of handy reminders from our dude, Nathie, uh, took up his recommendation for a game that uses room scale really well in my new Vive room. Uh, so a game called Vertigo, uh, which is, it's it, it looks and feels like a game that was maybe released in 2015. I didn't look up to see when it actually came out. But the lovely thing about playing a game that isn't in early access and has been out for years is that it runs so super smooth. So the game um, is first person, a um, bit like lo-fi, so it's kind of like low poly and stuff, but looks quite nice. There's a bit of the intro that's a bit like, um, you know, the entrance scene to Half-Life 1 where you're on that like tram and you're going along, a bit like that. And then you meet eventually through your journeys and you have a teleporter and some tools and taking some robots down with like a sword. So there's some really nice elements to it. It starts off kind of dark um, and you're not really sure what's going on. Uh, there's a storyline I'm following with this, but uh, so far, just like the, the way it, the way it operates, you know, the frame rate and everything, like the way it performs. I love stuff that's been in the, in the oven for two years and I like, stumble onto this old title and I'm like, it's like if you ran across something like Windlands or something like that, like for the first time, three years on, uh, it, it's absolutely fantastic. So I didn't know anything about Vertigo. I'd never seen it. And the thing that really does it is, um, and I was still nervous about walking through like my plane glass window or whatever, was was doorways. Like when you walk through a doorway and you have that whole kind of sci-fi v- v- door, right? You push a button, door opens. You just like walk through it. And it closes, and you push it, but it closes behind you. That's enough. That's enough to immerse me. And it's just like that was sweet. And I just opened a door, and and so Vertigo. Then there's a bit of um, there's some bad guys in it, and 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 a friend of mine was was kind of poking me and saying, "Did you meet the cat yet?" Because uh, apparently there was a free demo for Vertigo for some time, and you get up to the point where uh, you meet the cat, and then the demo finishes. Well, I met the cat. It's not a cat. And if you want to know what the cat is, okay. you're going to have to play the game for yourself. I love it. I love it. By the way, I'm reading in the chat. It got to buy Verdict for me. Is this what I'm going to say? So Vertigo, definitely go backwards, all that kind of thing. Yeah, so the thing about Vertigo, uh, that it was made by a 17-year-old person. And, awesome. And he even now works at Valve. I, wow. no, no, no joke. Yeah. There is wow. definitely a, a kind of valve veneer to the game. Like like I said, it feels a little bit like Half-Life 1 in terms of kind of low scene complexity, but really does a good job of getting you into the feel. So no, not a surprise, wow. but 17-year-old pat on your back. Yeah, thanks Thanks for checking that out in the chat. That's an awesome little story to share. Thank you very much for that. Um, so this week uh, I got to, uh, well, I'm not going to talk about something I played this week. I'm going to talk about something I played the week before because I couldn't talk about it last week. And uh, if, if you're interested to know what it is, it was Shadow Point on the Oculus Quest. So um, if you've got any questions, by the way, about the Quest, Put them in the chat now, and by the time I've finished my little story, then maybe I can answer some questions because I'm sure you've got some questions about it. But basically, I was invited by uh, Coatsync uh, up to their office, uh, which is in the north of England, and check out their new game called Shadow Point. 
If you're not familiar with who Coatsync are, they've made some really cool VR games in the past, like uh, Esper 1 and Esper 2 on the Oculus Rift, which are really great puzzle games. Uh, they've also made Augmented Empire, and they suspect nothing on both the Gear VR and the Oculus Go. Again, really standout games worth checking out. I think the Esper series are also available on the Go now as well, so if you're interested, have a look at those. Uh, but this new game called Shadow Point is a puzzle game, um, and it's going to be available for both the Oculus Rift and the Quest when it launches. And the, basically the whole premise of the game is you play a character that's looking into the disappearance of a girl called uh, Lorna McCabe, who mysteriously disappeared from Shadow Point Observatory 12 years prior to when the game starts. Um, it uses some really clever puzzle designs that I've not seen in VR before, such as uh, using light and objects to create silhouettes. So you use an object and almost like doing like shadow puppets when you're a kid. It's kind of like that. You, you manipulate the object to make the right size and shape silhouette to then proceed through the game. And these were very sort of basic puzzles, obviously, in the beginning, but I've been assured by the devs they do ramp up in difficulty later on. Um, I don't want to interrupt your but well, Mike, but I'm grinning like a Cheshire cat here because it, it's telling that you didn't get to that bit of Resident Evil 7 and you need to go back. That's, that's true. That's true. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Mike exposed. Um, but the one... Uh, Resident Evil 2 as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one really amazing standout thing about this game is, though, that uh, Sir Patrick Stewart actually does the voice narration in this game, which is standout. Like, when you hear his voice for the first time, he's got such an amazing voice anyway, but it's like, oh, wow, this is, like, really, really cool. And then he's kind of guiding you through it warms you like a cup of tea doesn't it mike when you hear his voice like i remember yeah. hearing him in wasn't he in uh, morrowind a 2d game obviously but uh, i think it was at the start of morrowind and then i think he either dies off or sends your character away rpg fans will know anyway chat i love that I'm analogy like though it's like it's like a warm cup of tea it is it, <laughs> it is absolutely um but if you follow the show, you'll know that I love puzzle games. So, that, you know, this was really my jam. I really enjoyed it. And obviously getting to play it on the Quest as well and having more time with the Quest was really great because it was just me and their PR, man, uh, PR guy, Jack, who's a really funny guy. We just got to hang out for the day and I was just playing their game and playing with the Quest. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, I have to say, just quickly before we, I take any answers or uh, questions about the quest, is that the tracking, uh, I felt, was much, much better uh, in this demo than what we experienced back at OC5. It seems yeah. like they've either tweaked stuff or the environment for the tracking of the quest was better uh, because I didn't have any of those like loss of hands or anything like we experienced at OC5. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I got to check out the new Oculus Home for Quest, uh, which is very different from home on both Rift and Go. And there is a, a difference because it's a 3D environment. So it's almost like the original Oculus Home, if you remember that on Quest, uh, on Rift, sorry, where you had the carpet with a little turned up corner, that little home environment. It's kind of an environment like that, but now you're in a kind of like a, a, a bubble dome with like triangular windows in it. And then you've got this beautiful bookcase behind you with a big Oculus logo in the middle. It's really, really nice uh, environment with some sort of like wooded dark tree night sky through the glass. Super nice. Can you, can you walk around? Um, good question. I didn't. Um, I didn't do that, but I don't think oh, you can. Yeah. I don't think you can. Um, oh, okay. Did you try to touch stuff? 
like intact no and this is the thing like i think my my brain is so wired to being standing in one one place that you naturally don't and i think when people start getting the quest and they start walking around you know uh you realize that you're free now but because i was only in the home environment i was just so excited to play the game i was just like okay the menu oh this is really nice play the game that's that's basically my experience <laughs> with the menu yeah. like, i can just imagine some- half of the viewers now like and listeners going like god damn it mike you'd have one job <laughs> one job you know no but yeah, to be honest it's really cool that you got uh, the opportunity to go and and try it out and i love hearing those early reflections of like you know the quest has improved since we tried it because yeah. one of the things that i've been and we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit later when we're talking about the rift s no doubt um one of the things i've been so nervous about for oculus more than the consumers is this kind of growing perception i'm seeing on the web of like this this is going to be the holy grail of VR devices. I'm going to sell a kit and my PSVR, and I'm going to go buy this thing, and I'm going to be in heaven. And I kind of feel like what I tried in OC5 was more like a souped-up Oculus Go that was good for gaming, but still had some holdback points. So... Yeah, and I think that's that's a fair point. I think there is a lot of high expectations for this product for sure. And, you know, some people say, you know, oh, I'm going to drop my Rift now and get a Quest. You know, Rift is always going to remain the, the forerunner in terms of experiences, regardless of whether that's the OG Rift or the Rift S. You know, it's going to be the forerunner. It's going to be the most powerful VR experience you're going to be able to have with an Oculus product. But the Quest is a good second. And I think it's a yeah. good second place, especially for those that are dipping their toes into VR for the first time. But- what it, is very me, what it is to me, Mike, is is it's very much the wild, wild west. Like what exactly this is the perfect parallel because we all got to run around those boxes in a warehouse scale environment with this thing on and be like, how can they even do this technology now? Like it's too early. Um, and, yeah. and and developers and with side loading, you know, apps and all that kind of stuff, when people start breaking into what it can really do and playing with it, like I'm talking university projects, like with the Vertigo 17 year old, you know? That's the stuff that really excites me, even more so than the stuff that's been in the oven for a year and they're ready to you know, put it at launch. I mean, Beat Saber is still on the top of my list, don't get me wrong, but all that other stuff is a close second. And I think it is still worth people's money and should still go for it. And I'm so excited to be able to play the latest revision when we get out to Boston next week yeah absolutely so uh if you've got any questions about the quest uh you guys or anyone in the chat now's a good time before we move on to the quick news uh, if there's anything you want to know uh that maybe i might be able to tell you about my hands-on experience was that was their unit obviously a an engineering sample or was it the final it was the same dev kits we tried at oc5 so they're not okay. final so they're still software dev kits. buffers software uh what am I trying to say here? Software uh, improvements that led to your your improved experience. Then good, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Did you know so this? Track a- and improve. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Did you know there's a difference? <laughs> Did you know there's a difference in uh, the Rift uh, experience as the Quest experience? Because I, um, I think you tried both, right? So no, actually, that's an interesting story because this is this is the thing. Like with the dev kits, you can't record with any content with them yet. So obviously, this was a big problem because I wanted to show the gameplay of the game. So the developers actually played through the game a second time, and I paired up the footage to show you what I was seeing in the headset. Um, so I can say that the footage that I provided is comparable with what I saw in the quest. Like the graphical fidelity is the same because you know it's a not basic looking game, but it's it's watered down, you know, uh, to run well on both systems. Um, 
but yeah, you know, I, I didn't play it on the Rift, so I don't know. But I have to say, the experience is really great, basically, and it's got some really complicated movements that really tests the tracking. So I was really impressed that it held up to that. And just touching on CodeSync for a second, um, I, I've I've met them for the last kind of two three years through the journey and. Obviously, Esper 2, for instance, is probably the first thing I touched on from them. Then uh, on the Go, um, Augmented Empire. I have faith in them as a developer, right? I mean, whatever they put out, I'd, I'd go and ingest. But um, I'm, I'm kind of curious, did you notice with the game any lag, stuttering, you know, performance issues, aside from the, the kind of flying hand controllers that you mentioned, anything? Very, very slight stutter. Very slight but it was only occasional and that could be that yeah Yeah. and that could be that it was just a dev build still uh you know still an early dev build demo um but yeah to be fair there was a slight stutter there at some points um but yeah overall like you know if you if you're excited about these games and you haven't previously tried like esper 2 on the rift or on the go go and check it out while you're waiting for these other titles because it's a standout title got some great great voice acting in there as well so good um mike i have a question Sure, a, little, a little more technical question. So uh, when we all tried like the Oculus Quest, the OC5, if you remember, we had like a weird like uh, carpets around with like uh, different shapes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tracking was working because they, it was grabbing on something, some particular image. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you had your demo there, did you add this kind of environment or was it just a regular environment? So it's a regular environment, and okay. although although I didn't walk around the home environment, I did walk around freely in the game environment, and that's actually quite liberating when you. Because uh-huh. the thing is, what I did was before I started the game, I set up my guardian system, and that was the first okay. time I ever got to see that as well, and that was super impressive actually, and it's worth mentioning. But basically, you set up your guardian; it automatically detects your floor, so it lays like a purple layout of the floor that is around you, and uh-huh. the past view pass-through cameras now, still black and white, but much higher fidelity than they were previously. Yeah. I remember OC5, they were like almost like that aha video, you know, that music video, whereas yeah. now it feels like a, just a grainy black and white video image. Okay. Um, so I could see the floor um, mapped out, and then it was like, okay, draw with a laser pointer, just so stand in one spot, but draw in a laser pointer your, your guardian where the limits of your floor space is. Did that, and then I was straight into the game. So I could walk around freely, and then obviously when I was getting close, the guardian would pop up and say it's there. Mm-hmm. No, so, but I was, so like in, a, in your real-life environment, there was nothing weird to help no, the tracking, just a regular place. Absolutely, yep, That's just great. a regular carpet, yep. It's great to know because, like, um, during uh, that and buried when we did like the arena experience, uh, mm-hmm. there were like just shapes everywhere. But of course, yeah. that was very like pushing to the limit the tracking, and oh, yeah. I was so impressed about the uh, the performance there. But also, like, you could see in every box there was a little shape on top. It was really yeah. particular. I'm happy that it's gonna work in any environment without any problem. Yeah, I'm super, super pumped for Quest. Mm-hmm. Super well, like, pumped like, for Quest. Like, like all of you guys are going to do, and Gal, um, is you put you take this thing, take it out of the box, rip off the little plastic bits and go, ooh, and then yeah. you snap it on your head, and then you go, can I walk through my whole bloody house and map it out in black and white? I want to do that. So uh, that's that's my plan anyway. I, I, don't know about you. I, I actually did it uh, with the Windows Mixed Reality. 
yeah. with a laptop and they went all around the house, like bathroom included. And uh, I, my house is completely mapped in VR. So I can go in every, uh, I mean, it's a New York apartment, so don't expect anything. Like, <laughs> two boxes, right? <laughs> two mention, But you can, like, everywhere I connect my my headsets right now, the Windows Mixed Reality headset, I always have tracking because it tracks all the whole apartment. That's and, awesome. Uh, and I can't wait to do the same with the Quest because it's going to work for sure. Can you imagine pre, like fabbing that to uh, uh, Unity or something and then porting it into your Oculus, Oculus Real yeah. Space and be like, this is my place to scale. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, that, that. That's what I wanted to do. And actually, there's a, uh, there's a way to do it in, uh, in Windows Mixed Reality with Windows. You can create your own place. It's a little complicated, so yeah. I don't know how to do it. But using photogrammetry is called. Uh, oh, yeah. Photogrammetry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that would be super cool. Like uh, being in your apartment, yeah. but in VR, yeah. uh, like... That's yeah. like Inception right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The Sims, and I think Mike has done that. But anyway, so we don't hold in this spot, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure. Dennis is asking, how is the head strap? Of super comfortable, just just like Rift, super comfortable. Like the Rift is the most comfortable headset in my opinion, and it's on par with the comfort of that. So yeah, I think people that are interested in the Quest will be super happy with this device. Um, so yeah, so let's let's move on because I could talk about the quest all day. So let's get into some quick news then and start off obviously with uh, some sad news, which is a bit of a shame because obviously we were all super hyped for GDC uh, last week. You know, I've never seen a buzz in our little group of content creators and friends be so excited about an event. Like it, we, we were really buzzing. Yeah. But one of our predictions on the show last week was that we would finally, hopefully, uh, see something from Valve. You know, we, we know that the headset has been teased for some time. You know, past you've got the uh, knuckles, right? You, you've had a lot of hands-on time with them. Um, and it feels like we've got a, a release of this imminent. You know, it's going to be soon. And we thought GDC was going to be the event for the news. But sadly, there was nothing at GDC from Valve in terms of VR. They did have a presentation. Uh, it was mainly about cosmetic upgrades to the Steam client. Mm -hmm. um, they, they mentioned VR once, but it was just the fact that they support it rather than they've got something lined up. Um, so, yeah, I was super disappointed. No news from Valve. I don't know about you guys. How did you feel about it? Sad. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it sums it up I, well. I was expecting some information about at least the knuckles, at least yeah. like something. Because you know, they even little, updated like, the Moondust app. Like, yeah, exactly. They updated the Moondust app uh, to 3.0, they'll different interaction, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I said, like, please give me like at least like, hey, we are on track, like 2019. Like, don't tell me like a day, but tell me like just it's going to arrive. Instead, we are still in the like, nothing like completely nothing we don't know anything about it although the rumor has it from people that we know uh is that something's going to happen soon that's that's mm. all that's what we know but we don't have any more specifics than that we don't know any more than that. Uh, as soon as obviously we do know we'll let you know that's just I mean, so you want to fly free as well right <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, so I just wanted to mention the fact that, you know, if you missed the news at GDC, you didn't miss anything from Valve. However, although we didn't have any news from Valve, we did get some new games announced. So let's quickly round those up now. And obviously the big the big one that we've all been waiting for forever, it seems, is Beat Saber announced for the Oculus Quest. You know, I think we were all breathed a big sigh of relief, like when we heard the news that it was coming to Quest, because 
people are out there saying, well, it was obvious it was going to come to the Quest. Well, that is kind of true. But the problem was that it was so quiet about mm. what was going on with it. And you don't know what's happening behind the scenes in terms of deals being made between these Beat Games and Oculus about being an exclusive title or whatever it might be. You don't know how these deals are going to work out sometimes. So um, although it's not a huge surprise, I think we're all just very glad that that is happening. I thought it was so cheeky the way they fucking unveiled it, though. Like, you know, to put a, a video up of someone on Quest. Um, it was, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name again, but, uh, you know, doing doing the moves. And it's just like so obvious. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you've announced it. You, you know you've announced it. But that was actually, in terms of, you know, viral marketing, I think that was a lovely way to do it. I really yeah. appreciated that. And I like when companies don't just do the same fitting mold, you know, and, and, and so after all that buildup, although it was somewhat expected, it was still a nice celebration of the announcement. Absolutely. And I can't fucking wait to beat Saber in, you know, my garden yeah, or like something. In parks <laughs> with yeah. people watching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it will be scary to see where people are going to play. Well, Cass says is perfect, right? You know that like 7 a.m. group that gets together for yoga in the park? Well, mm-hmm. fuck it. I'm starting up a 7 a.m. Beat Saber club and we're all invited. <laughs> Strap a subwoofer to your back and everyone else yeah. can join in. Oh, um, that would be so oh. cool. Right. I mean, imagine the scene when um, the scene in um, Back to the Future when he gets in the back of the truck and he goes through the class when they are like uh, doing spinning. And imagine now all these girls like in VR, like ew, 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 ew. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one one cool uh, sort of uh, snippet that we did see of the game uh, from the Quest was from John Carmack because he actually live streamed uh, some Beat Saber gameplay from the Oculus Quest directly to Facebook, which is a feature obviously we know is available on go um and it was interesting because he also shows off the home environment if you're interested to see what it looks like go and uh, check out the stream someone has re-uploaded it on youtube so you can check it out mm. um but it, i did note that the monster cat dlc which is recently just launched wasn't mm. in the menu so whether or not it hadn't he did you know he it hadn't been added yet and will be added before launch. We don't know, but there's still plenty of content there. You still have the original uh, volume. You still have the PSVR tracks and you still have the bonus ones, which include the uh, pop stars uh, from KDA. So there's still loads of content and I'm sure the DLC will be coming soon. But I, think something I, I think you're right, Mike. It's got to be just that was a dev build because at this stage, given they've got parody across all their platforms, you're not going to release new and not be in parody. just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was Beat Saber. Super happy that that's coming. Um, the next one that we heard about from the event, this is just going to be uh, for Rift uh, and PC VR headsets. Uh, and this is Trover Saves the Universe because the, re- the really interesting thing about this game is that it was originally announced as a PlayStation exclusive title um, and now will be coming to PC. Uh, the game can be played on a screen in pancake mode or in VR. Uh, it's from Squanch Games, who uh, in- includes the the legendary Justin Roiland, uh, who made Rick and Morty, of course. And Squanch Games also made Accounting, which was a hilarious VR game as well, if you haven't checked that one out already. Uh, but the interesting thing about uh, Trover Saves the Universe coming to PC is that it's going to be coming to Steam and the Epic Store. So this could potentially be the first title to launch VR title to launch on the Epic Games Store, um, and it will be interesting if they support it with some sort of VR mode on their store because they haven't announced anything like that so far, uh, despite being the developers, of course, of Robo Recall. Um, so yeah, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work out. But uh, are you guys excited for Trover Saves the Universe? It's a weird yes. title, so yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. 
you know like rick and morty's one the only thing i, I didn't like about rick and morty at the time given my space was uh you really do need a kind of a medium size vr environment mm. to uh, properly appreciate that with all the me syncs going off and all that but another squash game definitely yeah very very cool they also interestingly to us we're on the subject of epic they showed uh, a robo recall uh, demo uh, showing some really new f- some new physics uh, they've uh, sort of put together in a package called chaos uh, it was sort of set in the robo recall world but obviously mm-hmm. Nothing sort of announced to say that they're releasing a sequel, but it looked amazing. Like the the crumbling buildings of like the gunfire and stuff looked absolutely incredible. And hopefully, it is a sign of things to come to a sequel. I and wonder- about that, Mike, the, um, on uh, Twitter there was a video about a guy playing that demo uh, with the Vive ones, but without VR, just in front of a big screen. So right. it was a kind of uh, was a kind of weird uh, seeing that, but they were using the Vive ones and on the screen, and you were just moving around this like a Big Mac that is the uh, the big robot that there is uh, in Robo Recall mm-hmm. uh, that you can get to the control of also in the regular game, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's gonna be just that part. So probably it's just a demo to see the the structurability of uh, the engine because. Mm-hmm. Unreal is not so good in that, so probably they no. want to prove something. Because if you think about two D games, like you, if you want destruction, usually people use Frostbite, that is yeah. the one from Battlefield and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so probably they want to get in the competition in that too. So that makes sense. That makes sense. I really, I really hope it's gonna be a Robo Recall too. By the way, because that game was like oh, yeah. amazing. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably it was still one of the best. Like I remember jumping inside the headset just for the music because I was so excited. <laughs> you know, when you're at the end of like a night going out with your friends or whatever, right? And you go to the burger hut or whatever, you get a burger and how fast you eat that. Like that's how I ingested Robo Recall. It was like, <laughs> I need another burger. I, I just, please. Yeah. And yeah. So that's, that's where I am. If anyone hasn't, like say you're on the Vive side and, and you never even considered uh, reviving it, um, do consider it because it's got some of the best humor in, a, in an FPS uh, and some of the great, some like great inverse kinematics and stuff that you've got to experience. It's a must, it's a must play. And yeah. great mechanics as well. Great music. It's like all comes together. Very, very nice. Yeah. It's like, uh, to perfection it's good, good and, length, uh, too. it doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't drop you off too quickly like i, I think it was yeah. probably double the length than i was expecting it to be which was nice yeah. the thing i was expecting though is like more mods for the game because mm. it's support mods instead they never didn't get like uh the flow with mods like it would have been so interesting to see new maps because there were just one more maps or to see someone doing multiplayer mm-hmm. or something like that, is that we didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, Robo Recall will be coming to the Quest as well. So if you haven't played it already on Rift, it's going to be on Quest. So I did not know that. That's an amazing game to have on yeah. Quest. That's going to be awesome. Know um, so yeah, let's talk about uh, Dead and Buried 2 then, um, because that was also announced at GDC that's going to be coming to Rift and Quest with cross-platform play as well. So Rift players will be able to play with Quest players and vice versa, which is going to be super cool. Uh, the original Dead and Buried uh, mainly had you kind of static behind cover, um, and you just like pop up every now and again shooting your enemies, uh, whereas this game is seems very... 
uh, different. You know, it's really focused on movement and encourages moving around with free locomotion as well. So uh, I like the fact that they've shifted and this is a more active game. Um, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, you know, as a multiplayer shooter. Uh, from the video that we're playing now, uh, it looks like it's a 3v3, but I couldn't quite be sure because I think the original game was just 2v2, right? Um, it was just two. Oh. There's two versus two, but also against each other, like four people against each other. Right, and co-op. Right. And co-op, right. Yeah. So I'm hoping that uh, we should find out more details about this next week. Uh, we should find out more details in general about Quest launch titles next week because uh, I didn't mention this, but we're all going to be at PAX East in Boston together, right? So we're all going to be hanging out together. Jazz hands, of- everyone. Jazz hands, come on. Um, so hopefully, uh, whilst we're there, we'll get more of the uh, the Quest launch lineup. Uh, and uh, yeah, we get to play Dead and Buried 2 on the Quest. And uh, I'm just hoping that they release some way that we can replicate that Dead and Buried arena demo that we tried at OC5. Even if it's not something we could do at home, at least if like VR arcades have the technology to set up that and replicate that. Because I think that'll be amazing for them. You know yeah. what's going to happen, Mike? If, if that gets out onto the headset somehow. There's going to be like empty warehouses everywhere that are going to be like, you know, like at the moment, like if you're in London, a lot of people don't know this, but if you're in London, there's like these short fuse raves that happen and you don't get to know about it or the dress. Only all the cool people get to know about it. All of a sudden it's happening in some dude's barn, right? Out, like just outside London. That's what's going to happen. Like VR parties would be like kicking off and people will be running around warehouses and barns and stuff. I want part of that. I want to see that that that, that clip from uh, Ready Player One reacted in reenacted in real life. You know the the, the four Spartans running up the road with the headsets on. That's that, that's what I want to. We're going to pack. So you're going to see that in a week. Good. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so there's so. someone in the chat asking if it will be cross by, because I know there's cross by right. They are going to activate it, but developers are going to have to turn it on themselves, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a really good point. Uh, Crossbuy has been enabled, like you say, uh, but it's a developer's discretion. However, most developers are pretty much on board with it from what I've heard nice. inside. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of weird because especially for developers, like you need to understand this. Like If they've previously made a Rift game and they've ported it to Quest, it's not as easy as just flipping a switch and, oh, it's on Quest now. It took a lot of dev time and work. So if they do offer that for free, you know, I would just say you know try and share the buzz around the game you know be be thankful for the fact that they've given you the game for free if you've bought it once already on rift it's a very good point mike because i i, I would not have expected i didn't i missed the whole cross buy thing and it's a huge point for them to have it in the platform I, I i'm glad and i think it is the right thing to put it on to the developers and the other thing that i would say uh, further along your line of your point is if you're a developer and you're releasing on both and you know your bottom line and you can't do it don't feel peer pressured into enabling that. As much as we like it, we'd like you to be on a live studio in three years even more. So True. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the final game that I want to talk about uh, is uh, a game that we were really excited about and was teased by Nate Mitchell. And this was the Zelda game that he said that he got to play. And this is, of course, Journey of the Gods. Uh, this is the game from Turtle Rock Studios, the same team that brought you, uh, you know, uh, Left 4 Dead and Evolve. 
Um, and yeah, this is like basically Zelda in VR, right? From what we've seen from the trailer, you have a shield that looks like the Hillian shield from Zelda. You have a sword, you have a crossbow. Um, you've also got some interesting mechanics where you can change from being a human on the ground to being uh, transforming into a godlike character by switching between them to solve puzzles and stuff like this. And I thought this is kind of very uh, familiar because it's very similar to the mechanic in Sanzaru's latest game, Asgard's Wrath, where you can also play as a human and then switch to a godlike character as well. So it's kind of interesting. We've got these two games going to be releasing that have this kind of similar mechanic. But I really like the uh, the cel-shaded kind of art style of this one. I think it looks super nice. I think it's going to be a great title. Uh, again, coming to Rift and Quest. Very enticing. Uh, I mean, a lot of the uh, the kind of baddies that you've seen in the trailer are, are are pretty cool from a design perspective. They don't look very samey. So I always like seeing that. So you're not just sticking with kind of one set of animations or whatever. So they've also put their, uh, their, uh, their muscle behind it. Looking forward Absolutely. to that. And although we don't know, obviously, because there's going to be 50 plus launch titles for Quest, you know, this is just a handful of them. We've shared a handful of them before as well. We don't know the full Quest launch lineup yet, but we're hoping to get that information next week at PAX. Once we get that information, of course, we'll probably all individually share it with you on our separate channels. So make sure you keep subscribed to everyone and find out what's going on. Uh, The one rumor that I do want to share about the Quest before I move on to releases is that we did find out that there's going to be a higher capacity storage model available on launch uh, because we know that the base model of the quest is going to be 64 gigabytes a lot of people were concerned especially with loading a lot of media that they're going to just max that out straight away you'll be pleased to know that there's also going to be a 128 gigabyte model available too we don't know about pricing yet that's the rumor so it's not concrete evidence but we think it's probably highly likely um so i think it's a mark choice is mark to have a more absolutely there. absolutely they did it with yeah, about this game, though, um, there's something like scares me a little. Okay. And it's the fact they give you a crossbow and not a bow. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, I, I, I really want to see like bow mechanics with the quest. Mm-hmm. And I hope they're going to work well enough because like uh, seeing the crossbow, it's uh, like it's fine. I like it, but with the crossbow, you stay like this. With the bow, you get here, and here you have a problem with the inside of tracking. Near your face, uh, anything close proximity to the headset itself. Yeah, yeah. So that scares me a little because it's like, do we have this kind of experience with the crossbow because a quest limitation, or just because they wanted to do that? Mm. Uh, it's a, it's a really good point. It is a really good point. And, you know, the Quest does have its limitations in terms of its tracking, definitely in those yeah. situations. You know, just like Rift S, which we're going to get onto later, you know, you, you hold a controller behind your back. Same with Windows MR as well. You know, the, the, the tracking is occluded from the cameras and you're either going to have a bad tracking experience or it's going to be completely lost. There's there's no way around that. That's just the, what we've got to and deal with. Right turn to a rotational. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the good thing though, uh, like playing a lot with Windows Mixed Reality, um, like with the bow mechanics, like some games, like they have it in the right way. So when then you move your head around, uh, you like lock the position with the head, and so right. you can you can keep doing it. Some games don't do it, so you see this arrow going through your body, <laughs> through your face, pretty much. And uh, yeah, it's really up to the dev at this point, but. Um, I, I really hope we are going to see bow mechanics with the quest because I think that, and we all know that it's one of the best mechanics in VR. Like mm. uh, since the lab, uh, 
like everyone loves it like it gives you just that feeling that is yeah. good so i hope we're gonna keep it that way because it's one of the best experience for me you highlight and underline a point that's very close to home for me which is what's the tactile uh variety going to be on quest what what's that range of feelings that we're going to get through the controllers uh given they're a little bit of a little bit of a physical form factor down from the touch controls. So I'm very keen to see that. I think the internal working is going to be quite similar, uh, but actually the, the kind of range of, of feelings that you can get that it can actually generate, I'm very interested in, to, to your point. Because there, even if it's that subtle bit, that subtle signal that's going to your brain, it's all that you might need to be you know 25% more immersed. So looking yeah. forward to next week. Great. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're going to try yeah. without any more. Like, let's do it. <laughs> You're all getting me super hyped for next week now. Um, <laughs> so, before Zim uh, gets into the releases, uh, I just want to say thanks again to the sponsor of this week's uh, episode of the F Reality Podcast. And that is, of course, our sponsor, Onward. Now, if you're not familiar with Onward, it's an awesome tactical military first-person shooter available in virtual reality. It's a favorite of competitive tactical gamers who love to squad up in teams of 5v5 for online competitive play. Or if, like me, you like to ride solo, there's, then there's some great single-player missions as well that you can check out. With a huge update on the horizon bringing loads of new and exciting features, now is a great time to jump into the game and get some practice in. So check out Onward now. It's available on Steam and the Oculus Store. Thank you, Mike. All right, guys, are you ready for some releases this week? Um, I am I am going to uh, play to our strategy fans this week because I've got two different RTSs uh, to talk to you about. First one, I'm, I'm ashamed to say this launched two days ago, and I knew nothing about it. It's a game called Final Assault. Uh, it's available on Oculus Rift and HTC Vive, um, and this was launched March 21st. Uh, so when I first saw this game, I thought immediately of... Uh, Company of Heroes, which was a fantastic RTS, uh, probably about ten years ago now. Um, this this actually this game touts a single player campaign, uh, which is meant to be quite extensive, fourteen maps, and of course the multiplayer cross platform play between Oculus Rift and Vive, which is great, and um, has some MOBA elements added into it for a bit of um, a bit of a different flair, let's say spin on that. The price is around about uh, £16 at the moment on sale, so it's about $20. And I think it's something that's quite, um, it's, it, 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 well, to quote a Steam reviewer, this is a photo engineer, um, I wanted to give you some feedback because it is, it is being pretty well touted on, on, on Steam at the moment. So this is Final Assault. This is, the, uh, this, is, this is what he said. He said, to put it simply, this game is a nearly perfect take on RTS for VR, uh, the only other game that comes close is Brass Tactics, which Mike and I played in a tournament. Um, mm -hmm. And Phaser Lock, the development studio, did a great job here. If you're familiar with their previous game, Final Approach, uh, the control scheme um, is very similar with the same sort of gestures. Uh, the games are action-packed and fast-paced. There's not really any downtime. Uh, excellent performance, fluid controls. You get lost in it for hours. I said, um, if you're a fan of RTS games and VR, this is a must-have. There you go. That's a World War II themed RTS for you on Rift and Vive. So I just want to quickly just uh, say something about this game because I did try it out in the beta. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have any base building uh, like Brass Tactics has. No. And the uh, the movement of your troops is is uh, locked to different lanes. 
So you've got lanes to choose from and they only funnel down those lanes. So it's kind of a bit restricted, but they've done that to get more people in and make it more accessible to players. Um, but yeah, if you like strategy, then check it out. That's um, that's also, so those are the MOBA elements because the lane restrictions and like if you've ever played a game like Smite or League of Legends or anything like that, I'm actually really interested in. How did you find that uh, soup kind of simmered together? Did you like it? Did you not like it? I'm kind of curious what your feedback is on that, Mike, because you're a strategy fan, aren't you? Yeah, uh, so I didn't like it. Uh, I preferred Brass Tactics. Um, I think it's still the best RTS available in VR right now. Um, and you know, I was hoping really that it was going to be Command and Conquer, basically. That's what I was hoping for going into it. Uh, but sadly, that's not what it is. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's an RTS mobile light. That's what I would describe right. it as in my mind. So you think they, um, they, they, they kind of took a, took a chance on something and you think didn't really pan out? Yeah, it's not one that I'm probably going to go back to, to be honest. Yeah, good. Good to know. All right, the next one is one that I probably wouldn't go back to, <laughs> given we're lining these up. Uh, released on PSVR is Skyworld, uh, an RTS that, to me, struck me um, as a very interesting, albeit potentially odd, uh, choice for Vertigo Games as their next move from Arizona Sunshine. Uh, so the Arizona Sunshine creator moved to create Skyworld, which to me feels a bit like... Um, if you took a lazy Susan and uh, constructed a battlefield around it uh, and you rotate this um, around and, and, and you're attacking kind of around the, the brim or the edge of that, uh, that circular world, then, then that, that's uh, essentially what you see here. It's, it, it's, a, bit of a, it's a bit of a weird one, um, I found, because um, I think the multiplayer would work better. I was focused primarily on the campaign. Um, and I, I, I felt it was a little bit maybe too easy at some stages, a little bit too hard in others. It's something very well polished. The game looks great, and it's got some mechanics like uh, cards that you pick up and that. Uh, this is coming to PSVR, so maybe they, they've been kind of itching for you know better strategy games. We, I, I don't know of many uh, on that platform. So this may be very well received. But on, on, on PC, um, it, it currently sits around kind of like an 80% approval rating on Steam. So obviously other people like it more than, than I do, and about a four-and-a-half-star rating on Oculus Home. So it's actually well-liked out there, and it is a bit of a unique kind of uh, blend. It's another blend, uh, just like the previous one. They blended kind of this whole like deck-building, almost, almost again like Magic the Gathering-style kind of card element into it uh, with the strategy game, and that blend to me felt a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I never got the opportunity to play against a real player, so you know those, those matches might be a little bit better, something akin to... Um, uh, Dragon Front uh, from uh, from Oculus, which is another good game. Anyway, I'll, I'll just quote another mm -hmm. uh, Steam reviewer here because I think it it kind of balances out, you know, what the game is all about. So, um, if you are looking for a traditional RTS experience like StarCraft, WarCraft, or Age of Empires, this game will not give you it. And I would agree with that. It says I don't say that as a negative thing, but as someone who played a ton of StarCraft as a kid and a teenager, uh, this game is nothing like those. I also played Landfall, an Oculus Rift game that launched a while back. Uh, this has a sort of similarity since they're marketed as an RTS, but actually more like a twin stick. This game has more depth than landfall and plays like a real RTS. I'd say Skyward most closely relates to a mix of Clash of Clans and Civilization's Revolution, the dumbed down version of Civ. And that was coming from J Trill Trap God on Steam. So I, I like getting some of that feedback, but I thought that comment does a good job of, of kind of summarizing what this game offers. Okay, third and final and most obvious of the releases, I think, is Space Junkies, uh, which I got a chance to play. Tyrell did. I think, Mike, you've played it. I don't know, Kaz, did you get a chance to play um, some Space Junkies yet? 
I haven't had a chance yet. Okay. No. So I'm curious what you think. I will, I will definitely give a bit of a, um, a run through on this one anyway, because um, the nice thing about Space Junkies, which I think, Mike, you and I played it first, uh, OC4, uh, feels like years ago at this point, which it nearly is, nearly been two years. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, this game is, is 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 quite an exciting thing when you look at it on on paper because it's a first person shooter, um, kind of volumetric space shooter, if I want to call that uh, multiplayer game. Uh, it, it is available on Rift Five, Windows MR, and uh, it's around about forty dollars, uh, thirty four pounds sterling. And uh, this is from Ubisoft. So if you're not a fan of their whole UPlay system and all that, I know some people aren't. Uh, it might not be one for you, um, but it's essentially a jetpack fueled kind of arcade shooter where you fly around and you have two v two battles or one v one battles in these orbital arenas, um, which are which are interesting because there's a verticality to the combat that you don't find in many other titles. And I would say that comparing with other space titles, I don't know how they do it, but it is relatively comfortable. I've never felt. Uh, any kind of twinge of motion sickness, even when I've been ill and playing the game recently. So the things that I will highlight about this game, which I found um, you know, most interesting, I'd say is when you reach behind your right uh, shoulder blade and you pull out a giant like nano sword, that thing is feckin' awesome. Uh, that feels great. <laughs> well, I don't know what your favorite weapons are, lads uh, and lady, uh, but I, I would say... As much as I want the nano sword, I think my favorite is probably the fucking grenade slingshot. That's that's probably my favorite weapon. But uh, what would we? Wait, but how does the nano sword look like? It sounds like really small. But no, nano- no, no, no. Sorry, nano sword, is, uh, <laughs> nano sword is, a, is a reference back to Deus Ex, uh, which is an oh. old '90s game, uh, which was had a bunch of nanobots that would help assist and sharpen the blade so that it could cut through like any surface, like cut through diamond or stuff like that. So. My reference oh. there is probably a little bit wrong, but it's a freaking awesome blade. It looks like Master Chief would pull it out of his back pocket. Yeah. Cool. And, and that's the feeling I had from Space Junkies. The first time I played it, it like, reminds me a little Halo in a way. Yeah. Like also the armors are very similar. It's like, uh, it's a good feeling. But I have a question for you guys uh, because you tried it too at OC4. I tried it at PAX East last year. Yeah. And did, did you find any difference from that build? <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah. found it to be exactly the same game. And I don't know what they did for a year. Yeah, it, I think they polished a lot and they got their network code ironed down. I know that had some problems early on, but I would agree that the, the core game. Let's say I was a little disappointed. I mean, look, they are on all the different platforms now. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I understand that obviously takes time. But I, I like you, I had a similar feeling. And I felt a bit disappointed that because of the early kind of take on Unreal Tournament, that they didn't take they, they didn't give me facing worlds and the ability to play 8v8 or something like that. I don't know if they can mm-hmm. support it, but I think the game absolutely should, if they're going to do like a patch, if the game is successful for them, uh, you know, come out with an expansion pack and bring that stuff in because I've seen so many comments about it. It's what my soul tells me is, you know, give me that kind of ultra, you know, that Unreal Tournament bit. I want more than 2v2. Yeah, yeah. so so basically they brought the game to PSVR. It is what took a lot of time. Because um, <laughs> um, I, I met with the Ubisoft team. I visited their office here in the UK and they were talking about it. And and yeah, like you say, it's 2v2 right now, but there is stuff that they've experimented with, with more players, but they haven't hinted the fact that they're going to bring that to release yet. Uh, but they are playing with it behind the scenes. Uh, they are 
basically wanting to make this game the big competitive game moving forward. And having played it again this morning at home, like it's just got this really satisfying, fast, uh, you can just hop in, have a couple of games, then hop out and have a lot of fun. But what I hadn't really seen before that I saw this morning was that every match that you win, you unlock items. Yes. And I don't know if you... You, and you're always unlocking stuff and it's really satisfying and you feel rewarded for your gameplay. And there's a lot of customization with your sort of tag and also the way your character looks as well, which is really, really cool. And I think that's where they've been really adding a lot of polish to. They obviously yeah, know me that. well. My first unlock was just a roll of toilet paper. I was like, is that, do I really want, did I just put that on my profile? It's on my profile. Now. I'll tell you the other thing that's really cool, Mike, that I experienced yesterday um, and by the way, I forgot to mention this. This is the most important thing. Uh, it is a 4.5 gigabyte download. And at the moment, they've got an open beta. So jump in there on whatever platform you're on and play it. It's, it's available for the next day and a half. It's, it's going away 24th of March. That's tomorrow evening. So uh, do it if you've got the download speed. But the thing I found really fun was the chicken dance at the end of every match. That, I mean, oh. being able to animate yourself and, you know, yeah. high five your opponents or whatever. Awesome, awesome dev yeah. choice. Oh, can and you also, use that later on as well? After you record it? After like oh, you, can't rec- you can't record it. It's just like a, there's an end screen that shows all the characters at the end of each match and your uh, actions are shown to everyone else. So you could do like a dab, you could do like a little chicken dance, yeah. you could do like a little, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing connected to this actually is like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the hand mechanics, the, the hand like presence is amazing in this game because mm. uh, you can really connect like with your hand. Like if you keep like the thumbs up on the rift, like you have the thumbs up when you turn it and you turn it like this. So the pinky goes up and so you, you can do like this. It's like there are a lot of different like posture yeah, like, that you can have, like just... Yeah. And it's so automatic. Like uh, you can also do the Italian if you want. Yeah. Uh, it's really nice for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's like there's so many hot. stuff. Yeah, uh, it just works so well for like hand presence that game, and the graphic is also very nice. So like seeing your hands is like these big gloves. It's just uh, mm. it's immersive and like a, a kind of a uh, it's it's a game in the game. The 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 fact that you can talk with your hands as well. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Very yeah. Italian. I love it. <laughs> we picked the right podcast to have an Italian on, you know? Yeah. But, exactly. Exactly. I would say, you know, if you're on the fence about this game, definitely go and check out the open beta while it's up. Like Sim said, it's up for like, what, a day and a half, two more days now. Uh, cross-platform play with PSVR and PC, so definitely jump in. I think you'll, you'll really love it because I'm digging this game. I'm, I have to play the other side of the fence for one moment because there's a big gripe that I have with the game is that it's very HUD heavy. There's a lot of HUD elements and I don't particularly like that. I know you can like disable the, I don't mind the mask because you're like wearing a space suit or whatever. That's fine. But there's a lot of like high, you know, uh, low resolution. So like large numbers and things going on all all over the place uh, throughout the HUD design. So I'd love to have a kind of a light HUD light mode even if it's not the default, to be able to step back to. So I get a bit more immersed, less numbers and stuff in my face. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good cool. Point. So that's it for releases, I guess. 
It is. Yes, only three. Only three. I went back to my norm. Yeah, sorry, I should have transitioned a little bit better. Over to you, Mike. <laughs> so let's get into the really juicy stuff now. Let's talk about hardware. And let's talk let's start with the Rift S. Um, you know, this is the one that everyone was super hyped about. We were all really excited about it, waiting for the news to drop. And I have to say, although I was really excited when the news did drop, it kind of took the shine off it a bit that Oculus just did a blog post update and press were just releasing articles about it. Like, it, do, it just doesn't have the same wow factor as having a big presentation, right? You know, like we've seen in the past at OC5 or like when Apple unveil a new product, they have a big presentation. I think this this would have been nice to have something like that. I don't know about you guys and girls. How did you yeah. feel about the kind of way that they just kind of launched it this way? Who starts? <laughs> <laughs> ladies first go 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 <laughs> yeah um but i, I can agree with you yeah it's the same for me like oc5 was so much more like, wow and this was a little bit less yeah and even the trailer felt for me a little bit ah yeah yeah better. it was all like it seemed a bit more downplayed it wasn't the big spectacle that we kind of hoped for i guess yeah but um, i think it does kind of fit the s though I guess that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, we're definitely going to get into that shortly. Um, but last week on the show, we had some predictions. And the predictions were that we thought it would utilize the Oculus Insight tracking from Quest, which it does. The one thing that we didn't get right, though, was that we thought it was going to have a similar resolution to the Vive Pro, which is also the resolution of the Quest. Um, we were wrong about that. We were very surprised by the fact that it was less. And I'm going to get into the specs very shortly. But if you missed all the news, I'm just going to quickly summarize it with all the sort of key headline points. Uh, the Rift S is going to be a tethered PC VR headset. Same minimum spec as the original Oculus Rift. Uh, it looks very different from the original Oculus Rift, though, because they've ditched the baseball cap style fit of the original Rift that we all know and love. And they've now got this halo style head strap design, which they've brought in conjunction with a partnership with Lenovo. And this partnership with Lenovo obviously runs deep uh, with the headset because it even has the Lenovo logo on the side of the Rift S. Uh, and and Ty Tyrell showing us the, uh, the original Lenovo Windows MR headset there. Um, it no longer has uh, the over-ear headphones, uh, earphones that we know with the Rift uh, that were really a standout feature of the Rift that made it you know, a real premium headset. And they've, they've chosen to go down to the design route of using like an audio pipe system, same as uh, Oculus Go and Oculus Quest, which basically channels the audio down the rigid head strap to your ears. Um, the resolution uh, is an increase over the original Rift. Uh, the original Rift is 1080 by 1280 OLED displays, two of them. Uh, whereas Rift S will have a single LCD panel which runs at 2560 by 1440, which basically equates to 1280 by 1440 pixels per eye, uh, but obviously using an LCD panel. The, the, the really weird thing about this is that it's a lower resolution than the Oculus Quest. Uh, the Quest has a resolution of 1600 by 1440 pixels per eye using OLED panels. Uh, you know, So it seems strange that they would bring a product to market that is a, a PC-based headset, but features a lower resolution than their standalone headset. <laughs> And I think this is where a lot of people got upset. A lot of people were confused about this headset. Um, and of course, you know, I'm saying all this now. This is just basically what the specs are on paper. The other big thing that was glaringly obvious from the specs that was a big change was that the panel now, uh, despite being an, uh, an LCD panel, is now running at 80 hertz. 
So we're used to all PC VR headsets running at 90 hertz. And we've been told since the very beginning, we've been drummed into us from the industry themselves that 90 hertz is the key number to have because that's what you get uh, the best and most comfortable experience. So then when we see Oculus releasing this headset and saying, actually, no, we're releasing this one and the maximum refresh rate is 80 hertz, everyone's like, what the heck? You know, we've been told 90 is the key all along. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I get the fact with Oculus Go and Quest that it's not possible to reach 90 hertz and they've got a maximum refresh rate of 72 hertz. And I think we all understand that limitation because it's mobile VR hardware. But when you've got a PC VR headset, I think players expect and want the best experience and they want it to be 90 hertz. And I think it's these kind of numbers in reductions on a spec sheet that upsets everyone. But the thing is, the the proof will be on be with our hands on experience, you know. And, and I think it, it, I just wanted to check a caveat in now before we move any on further on with the specs that we have friends that we trust that were uh, that were a GDC and had hands on with this device, and they were singing its praises. Exactly. And I think this is the key thing to take away from this is, although yeah, the specs on paper are disappointing to look at, and I get that, and I get that from a Rift hardcore owner myself. However, I think you just got to keep an open mind with this one. Wait till more people get their hands on it. We're all going to be there. We all share the same concerns and frustrations that you do as a consumer. So it will be with our hands-on experience next week that will be the really interesting part. Um, but how do you feel about it? Like before I move any further on with the specs, I want to hear from I'm our actually, guests. I'm actually with you, Mike. I think um, Oculus Rift S. Well, we already, there was like a lot of rumors already on this headset about the specs. Uh, so it wasn't a surprise to me, actually. And I think it's a logical move for Facebook, actually, strategic-wise, because uh, this is a more accessible uh, headset right now. And their goal was always to get 1 billion people into VR. So uh, I don't think this is bad at all for the VR industry. I think, um, I, I think personally, that better specs is not necessarily what we need right now. I think we need more people in VR, so to get a higher active user base, and then uh, hopefully that will also get more AAA developers to make content, because I think content is what we need right now, personally, mm -hmm. um, because that drives usage, and that is also what is going to help us in the long term uh, to, to get more better content and also better specs, the money for the better specs. Mm. But of course, it's also still a bet for me as well. I, uh, only time will tell. And I have to try it myself as well too first before I can give any judgments. But this is my first impressions on, on the specs. Yeah. So you were a little bit concerned like I was about the lower specs than we anticipated maybe. Mm, I was more concerned that people were hating on the headset before they even tried it actually. Fair point. Absolutely. I'm, I'm more in that camp, actually. I'm kind of with Kaz on that in that I've seen so much hate, you know, thrown at it. And, and there's a lot. It's like way more than I was expecting. Like people generally are, are quiet with their disappointments. This one seems to have, you know, taken a flogging on Reddit and people are making videos about it, bitching about it. And it's like, I don't know. I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm a guy who uses VR every fucking day. And Rift has been my daily driver. I've been begging Oculus for years now to just put something else out that's even an incremental you know, revision so I can replace my current one. This kind of does that. Am I scared of the Lenovo partnership and the, the way it looks like? The thing has taken a step back. I, I generally tend to like simple, sleek designs. And this thing has a glossy odd finish, a funky 
downward facing blue light that does what on the front of it? I mean, I think they made some wrong decisions there, I'll be honest. And I am concerned about the kind of physical look of the thing. It looks a bit like you're looking into a blender or something. I don't know why. It doesn't It doesn't really, you know, it's not a sexy headset that I'm like, I want to put my face into that. But spec-wise, to me, again, I, I think they've made the right decisions. I, I was listening to Nate uh, talk to the tested lads about this, and um, I really think that Oculus's trade-off point and considering the forward compatibility for existing users who don't need to change their PC spec and considering the point that they're now, you know, Rift is sold out and they're actually phasing it out. This isn't like, oh, here's another product to go and get. This is a, a, a sh- on-the-shelf replacement for what's there. And they've actually been, you know, just to remind people, they, they've been actually doing this for a couple of years. Uh, the different, So they, they first had a, a Rift headset that came with an Xbox controller and that little funky little wand that you got. And slowly over time, they've been pulling bits out of the box, which shows me one thing. They have been moving against a strategy to simplify the onboarding part since day one. And they've been doing mm-hmm. so consistently over years. So this is no surprise to me. The one thing that I've heard about that I think is the number one thing that Oculus need to do for themselves right now is listen to the PC community regarding tracking. People have already invested in the cameras. It's a software change to allow the headset to benefit tracking-wise from the existing cameras that people already have paid for, bought, have mounted in their homes, I'll do that. Invest the development dollars, bring that tracking out, please. And if there is any engineering reason why that's not possible, come out with a statement. Why? I think that I I heard somewhere, I can't remember where I heard it now, but that wasn't possible because it doesn't have any IR uh, LED sensors on the actual headset it do- itself. It does have the IR uh, constellation tracking in the controllers, uh, which the headset reads for controller tracking, but it doesn't have them in the headset. So if you look at uh, the Rift, you know, under an IR camera, you'll see it's got lights all around it. Yeah. Apparently, the, the new headset doesn't have them, so it's just not possible to utilize the sensors. But why, no, you're not why gonna do you have a problem. What is the headset? Like, like, what I'm saying is your tracking problem is going to be with the hands, right? And so they can pick up off the hands, feed that to the right. cameras, bring that to right. the software. I'm not talking about the headset. Who, who's right. who beaten Beat Saber with their head? And if they are, you're nuts. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Go on, Tyrion. I know you're desperate to say something. Go on. Uh-huh. No, no, about that, about that anyway. Like, uh, yeah, the controller are the, like the part that you have to fix in a case. Uh, even mm-hmm. in a fix is a big word. Uh, but you are going to be able to do it, but they have to do it. Like the technology mm-hmm. is there is the same. The constellation tracking is the same for the controller. And yeah. there's not going to be a problem for the headset itself because you can use the cameras. And using also Windows Mixed Reality, you don't really have problems like with the tracking with your head. Mm-hmm. It's like... The- People and, are complaining about the ends. And the thing is, as well, we know that the uh, the controllers do work with the sensors because mm-hmm. if you break your current OG touch controller, mm-hmm. they'll ship you out or you'll have to buy the new touch controller. It's going to replace it. So, oh. mm-hmm. so basically, the new touch controller, which comes with Quest and Rift S, will work with the original Rift with your sensor setup. However, it won't be the other way around. Your original Rift touch controllers won't work with Quest and Rift S. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. They should just enable that and get that to work. Right. But I just want to quickly touch on something before you move on, Zim, and that was d- the design. And I-, I totally agree with you. I kind of ache in uh, Oculus to like the Apple of the VR world. You know, they've got a design uh, sort of precedent throughout their range you know you look at the quest you look at the rift you look at the go they look very similar you could 
look at them and say that is an Oculus headset. That's not the case with this headset. Like you say, the design choice clearly comes from Lenovo more on this design, uh, which looks like a Windows ML headset. Mm. But again, I said this in my video that although I'm kind of hung up about how it looks because that's just the way I am, it's not really doesn't really matter what it looks like you know what we if you're in a vr game it just matters what the game looks like and yeah. the experience is I good know, like, take part of it though it's important that too i think like as an appeal to people like if you want to be more consumer ready uh it's another part of the appeal and uh, i, I it think it's be, a very it personal be. thing though. yeah no it's like, a very personal thing but uh like i i heard many people saying that it's ugly and uh i mean i i share that like it doesn't look so good compared to the first oculus for me as, as mm. anyway but mm. uh, before to going on in the conversation i wanted to uh today say my spin about the situation sure, go and, for it. Uh, about the launch for me they did uh, a wrong thing not for the headset that i i really understand the position even if you guys know that i'm uh, an enthusiast, like I want the best of the best every time. Uh, I really understand what they're doing, and I, I, I'm super happy that they went in this direction. For me, they did a very wrong move with marketing because they position it, the, the Oculus Rift S, like the next big thing, and it's not. It's just a revision, and uh, it's like a repositioning themselves in the market in a different way, even more towards the costu- mm. uh, consumers. Mm. But uh, we had this Oculus countdown. Like, I'm not going to tell you anything until the, the, the last little second. And you're not going to know it even from the presentation because just people that are uh, like uh, good enough are going to be able to give their reviews and stuff like that. Like, they made it so big that all of us, we were all expecting more. And you said it too, like, oh, we were expecting the same resolution as the Vive Pro. We we weren't expecting that much, but we didn't even have that because they made it so big that we were expecting that little more. And... And when, uh, when I, you get to the point where, okay, uh, I have the screen, uh, we know that is a good screen. Like when we all received the yeah. Oculus Go, uh, we were like a freak. This is better than my Oculus Rift. Yeah. Like the yeah. lenses mm-hmm. are better, the screen is better. But because we waited a year and there was so much hype around, we were expecting something better. Instead, we have the same of the Oculus Go. And it's like, uh, hold on, this is a $200 headset. And I understand going back their move because also with the 80 hertz, you are increasing the resolution, but you are decreasing the frame per second. So your computer is not going to have to render as much and probably is going to have to render the same thing that your Rift was doing before. Mm -hmm. And so if you notice on the website, there are the same exact specs. And that's smart in a way. But on the other, because the marketing created like so much, uh, we, I was expecting more. And uh, I, I'm not afraid of it, uh, to say it. And I love the fact that they moved on inside out tracking. For me, it's the future. And I say from like more than a year, because like having sensors around is like, uh, okay, now you need them to have the perfect tracking. But the next reiteration is going to have maybe a camera here on the back. And you're gonna be good to go. Nobody's gonna. Yeah, that, that point we gotta we gotta we gotta to talk about tracking, right? Who here went from uh, an expect a particular expectation about the Move controllers and the PSVR combination, right? 
tried it, and then totally revised that expectation. Like for me, I was I was hell bent against it. It was satanic to me. It was like I am not going to go for that. It's not going to work. This is six year old technology. That is probably three to five years old in terms of R and D, and actually works really well. Uh, so, like you, Terry, I am I am all for elimination of the cameras. The only people who I think really hurt in this space, expert plus Beat Saber players. You know, who else is using the tracking no, res to the point I, I, where it's? I bad? mean, uh, we were at OC five with um, with the, the onward, like uh, talking about onward, sure, <laughs> yeah. the ESL, and I, I think those people are not going to be able to play in the same way with the new tracking without external sensors. I mean, when, when you are, I know the limits of when, uh, the inside out tracking because I use it a lot. And uh, when you're very close to the cameras, ah. you have some problems. When you're very close to, okay. to a wall or very close to the floor, you can have some problems. Yeah. yeah and yeah. like, I, I never seen anyone standing up during the game. Like, they were all prone <laughs> all the time. So, like, uh, I mean, I want to see how that is going to evolve in that way. Yeah. I'm super confident about the inside-out tracking, but it has its limitation. I think that with these, they pushed in a way mm. where the limitation is very small, very, very small, because putting two cameras on the side, the one on the top as well, that one on the top is, is a genius. Like it's a, it seems like a 360 camera is super, uh, super genius. And I really like because it's going to open to so many more people. You just connect to cables, you're good to go. But again, uh, PC enthusiasts, like this is not probably the one for you. And PC enthusiasts were waiting for it, not regular people, let's be honest. Yeah, an RTX card, right? For yes. in the anticipation <laughs> that maybe I could push the next headset. Yeah, yeah. Kaz, go on. Exactly. I have a question for you because I don't have much experience with Windows Mixed Reality headsets, but I mm -hmm. was wondering because the uh, Oculus Rift S has five cameras, like one on top, do the other Windows Mixed Reality headsets have that as well? Or is that new? They just no, have two. They have just two on the front mm -hmm. and that's it. Okay. And, uh, okay. So with the tracking, like many people are concerned, but the inside out tracking works pretty well also with two cameras because when you move, also Beat Saber, you're going to be able to play it, because even if he's not there, because it takes the velocity of your controller. So, like, uh, take a controller, here is tracked, mm -hmm. then you go back, it has the velocity inside as gyroscope, uh, uh, accelerometer, and everything you need. So it knows that you're still moving, and when you, when you stop, it knows that you stop. When you start again, it knows that you start again. So, like, there's a lot of processing behind it's not like uh, oh it's there it's lost forever like where is my hand <laughs> like, so, yeah, so, so that's tricky, kind of but... confirms to me that maybe the five cameras on the oculus rift s could be potentially better than what we have right now right absolutely absolutely yeah. absolutely but hold on better than than what than the, the windows mix oh yeah yeah no, absolutely like three times better probably also like uh, playing vr dungeon night the other day i was with the odyssey and i was climbing and i was like like this and i didn't have the track the tracking at that point so i had to look up and move like this because uh, you have yeah. just two cameras with the oculus rift test that is not going to happen you're going to have the truck so just, just for our audio listeners' benefit, so you were motioning over your head like you were climbing a ladder and then doing kind of rung-to-rung -rung movement? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
And I think you made a really interesting point about the ESL and the VR League because historically they've been sponsored by Oculus. They're all wearing Oculus headsets. Will they be using the new Rift S? And it seems strange that they wouldn't be if they're phasing out the old Rift. It's not like they're going to bring out new hardware, a, a, old hardware, a, a, new, a big event, you know. So mm-hmm. really interesting point. Uh, definitely interested to see what happens there. But in terms of um, the cameras, I don't, I don't think anyone really has any issues with the Oculus Inside Out tracking uh you know most of the negative negative comments i've seen online have been about the resolution and the refresh rate i think that's the the two biggest gripes that everyone has and the fact that it's an lcd not an oled but of course being an lcd does come with its benefits right tyrell you know you know this as well you know that because of the arrangement the pixel arrangement, right? It, it's more. Um, let me sort of get to the, the bit here. But basically, explain for humans, Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, um, let me just get to it here. It, it has a higher subpixel count. So basically, for each pixel, you have three subpixels with the LCD uh, arrangement that they've got: green, blue, and red. Whereas with OLED, it's a pentile arrangement, so you only get two subpixels. What this actually means in real terms is that the clarity on the, of the display it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. It's the same with the PSVR. Although it's a low-resolution headset, the clarity of the headset is actually really good, and it's because of that technology. Um, so yeah, Tyrell's holding up uh, an image. So on the left there is the LCD, and on the right is the pentile arrangement of an OLED. This is the the um, LCD RGB pixel arrangement. This is the pentile. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it's like if you compare the same resolution, is like thirty percent more pixels. Yeah, thirty percent. Right. And in this case, you have even more pixels, so uh, it, it's just better on that way and clarity and readability is much better yeah yeah, yeah. and reduce god rays right and also much less screen door effects no that, that's more about like the the, the lenses not the screen yeah mm-hmm. uh, but in term of like uh, clarity it's going to be more clear but if you if you have like the, the oculus go we all know how it's going to look the oculus rift test like if you have the oculus go you get inside like do you like it yes you don't like it no uh that, that that's a point uh it's lovely hats but, lovely display on the go i've i've been wishing from yeah. a racing sim perspective for ages and you need it for the apex of, of corners like you need that clarity if you're an elite dangerous and you're trying to read a you know a manuscript or some news like for ages people have been using like the odyssey like you mentioned for that clarity because because the, the mm-hmm. rift it just isn't quite enough so i'm mm-hmm. i'm super excited for it from that respect and actually i think the change in panel technology is a right choice another good engineering decision in my opinion and for, and at the yeah. same price as the quest now yeah for me for experience uh, personally i uh, like i like both and the like the lcd are good for readability and clarity but like the amoled oled are just like those colors are like i don't know I, I, you feel warm inside you feel like wow it's so good yeah. and uh, uh so it, it's a weird move but i can tell you that for me as at least like the oculus didn't have the best colors and didn't have the best blacks even if it was an oled Correct. so uh, you're not gonna see that big difference if you come from an oculus rift uh you're gonna see more differences if you come from like a vive or something like that well there you're going to lose a lot of like brightness, colors, and contrast. Mm-hmm. But so, it's, a low, it's low persistent too. And that's like John Carmack's uh, like said that 
it's a, as fast as the OLED that they were using on the Oculus Rift. So there's no problems marrying and all those and, weird effects. And I think this is where a presentation would have come in useful because where you had the specs just launched and everyone just loses their minds about it on Reddit and everywhere else. And I, and I completely understand why. And I do share some of those concerns as well. But I think they could have countered some of these arguments that we're having right now by saying, okay, this is the specs and this is why we did it for this reason. But don't worry, it's still going to look freaking amazing in the headset and it's going to look way better than the Rift you already have. Someone just saying that would have put a lot of people at ease, I think, including myself. And I think it's us that are having to deliver this message now in a way that like, I know that the specs don't look great. We're going to try it next week and obviously find out for sure with our hands on. But the people that we know that have tried it already said that it's a great headset and a worthy upgrade. I, I, I get a feeling it was a resourcing call. Um, I, I, I get a feeling that out of the two major launches, they're like, which which of these is is do we need to push clout? Who's going to, you know, from a conversion point, to Kaz's point earlier, what's going to convert more people? And honestly, I think the people in a living room with Beat Saber and the Quest is what's going to convert people. It's not going to be the Rift S. And so you have to back the horse that's going to win. You're going to have to put the energy behind that. And to be honest, when you've got limited, you know, person power behind that, I, I really think that they probably, again, made the right decision. And not, not to say that I didn't want a celebration. I absolutely yeah. always do. I love the gaming big celebrations. I love when people are on stage touting this stuff. And as you said, helping to demystify stuff from out of the gate so we're not guessing for weeks. Um, at the same Actually, point, I got I to gotta say it. It seems like the right call. You're right, I think. Actually, I read an article, I think, by uh, Road to VR or something. Uh, they did say that they were focused more on the Quest and they didn't have enough resources to do uh, the Rift S as well. And that's why they were partnering with uh, HP for that. And, and I do think, I do genuinely believe that the Quest is a fantastic product. And I do think it's going to do way, way better than the Rift S's in terms of sales. So I, I understand their focus on that that device. Um but will it be the headset that replaces your PC VR headset if you're a PC enthusiast now? No, again, it won't. It's going to be the Rift S or it's going to be maybe something else we're going to talk about shortly. I'm going to say about price because we, we didn't talk about the price comparison so much, but that's kind of an evil move. It's kind of an evil move to say like, hey, guess what, guys? You know how you saved out $399? Well, you got to pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which one are you going to go for, huh? Which one? I, I mean, I, I feel like they pushed the Rift S to 399 to don't destroy, like to don't take out from the Quest. Because if you think about like stuff inside, like the Quest should be more expensive. Absolutely. Much more expensive. Yeah. And that's why I didn't understand like the move. Like instead of giving me the uh, Oculus Rift S made in collaboration with Lenovo, why you didn't just take the Quest Take out the battery, the yep. Snapdragon 835, the 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 storage parts, and like uh, just the PCI inside that they're like gonna bring stuff uh, and all the magic happen, and just give me a dull headset exactly like the Quest. Yeah. Instead, yeah. no, we had like something different, and that's what made people for me like. Uh, I agree. Spice. I think that's what everyone expected. You know, if they'd have done that and put a, another camera on top of the Quest, yeah, I would have been like pretty happy with that same same manual ipd adjustment you know same uh, resolution display i would have been happy with that because that's something we didn't mention actually the the rift s is going to have a software-based ipd adjustment mm. and the problem with that is that it won't accommodate 
the same range of users that we already have with a manual adjustment IPD uh, uh, with the Rift and the Quest. And I actually sit at the very lowest IPD setting. So I, I'd sit at like 59, 60, oh, no, uh, really? which is very low. Yeah. And I, I, I was on the very edge of struggling with the Go, because I think the Go's minimum is 62. Um, the Go, so go isolated a lot of people, actually. So, yeah. I mean, and, and the software adjustment, this is the thing I don't understand yet. I don't have facts on it, so maybe, Mike, you can clear up if you do know, or anyone else. Um, when we're talking software IPD adjustment, I know it does the calculation automatically, sets it automatically, but is that resetting it every time I hit the headset on? No, no, no. I assume not. No, no, no. No. Measurement and then no, it's locked in because I don't want automatic BS fecking with my video. It's, every game it's not automatic because automatic IPD adjustment needs eye tracking and we don't have eye tracking. Yeah. yeah, it's like simply like you do it in uh, Windows Mixed Reality already. Yeah. You go into settings and uh, you like there's a slider and oh, you put lines. it there. And what that happens is like you just change the distortion profiles of what you're seeing. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, because like in base of the position of your eyes in front of those lenses and all the windows mixed reality beside the odyssey use that kind of way mm. and it works but is not as good and uh, uh the thing that the thing i am happy is like the difference is like here you have the oculus go lenses that were very very good even if you don't have, I have ipd adjustment like i'm probably the worst person to talk about these things because i'm 66 that i pretty much in the average like person like, I was, five. I'm like right uh, you're, yeah you're even like right even on. better like you're <laughs> never gonna have to move anything in the, in your life but uh we are we are pretty uh like lucky about this but i have a lot of people like uh in the comments that they tell me like yeah. uh I, I couldn't use the goal and well yeah. probably you're not gonna be able to use the rift s as well and that's why for me it's a weird move too because at, in, in a way you moved on the broad market uh, having the fact that uh, i go on 80 hertz so you can keep the same specs uh, you I, I keep the the price lower as possible so i can get to more people and at the same time you don't allow the new people that they couldn't use it because of IPD adjustment to use it. It's just, uh, I have mixed feelings and I can't wait to try it because yeah. I, I want just yeah. to stop having mixed feelings. And I think, because I think we could talk about this all all, the, all day. Uh, I think I think it's yeah. fair to I think it's fair to say we all have mixed feelings about it. We all have our concerns. However, we're all excited to try it. And, you know, I think these games like Stormland, Asgard's Wrath, they're going to look amazing in this headset. So that's what I'm super excited for. We feel net positive. Across this group, I, I would say we're net positive on the headset with some reservations. Yeah, of course. And I think, you know, I'd love to know what the chat thinks as well, because I'm sure there's some people in there that are very angry about it. But I'd be interested to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure they are. But I would just say, you know, just, 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 Wait a little bit longer, see, see what we say. Uh, we've got the same concerns as you, but we're more optimistic, I would say, from what we've heard from our friends that have tried it already. Uh, but in terms of release, I just want to cover this quickly because in my video I said that I thought it was going to release during F8, but now I actually redact that and I think that it's going to release a lot sooner. I think it's going to be released on the third year anniversary of Rift, which is actually next week on the 28th. So I wouldn't be surprised if it releases on the 28th next week. Um if you're interested in in picking one up, <laughs> it's sold out now in the US. Like exactly. you can't buy it anymore. Also in the Oculus website. So exactly, yeah, exactly. I, I don't think they're gonna keep it like in this situation for longer. I think we should all give a little give give a little salute to to Rift. You've served us well <laughs> for three years. We salute you. 
we're intrigued at what you bring to us next. Um, but yeah, if you've got any questions that maybe we can read out that are suitable to read out, then let us know before we move on to the HP reverb, because this might be the alternative for you, you know, maybe. But I think, you know, with the reverb, which we're going to get onto, there's some limitations with that as well. And, and Tyriel is, is the best man to talk about that for sure. Oh, um, I have to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> There was a uh, Mike when you did that, there was a slight like your usual internet pause, so it, it accentuated the fact that you were like, and now over to Daryl. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> that was okay. oh, we're gonna clip that one later anyway. Okay. okay, so let's get on to the reverb then, because that wasn't you obviously Rift S wasn't the only headset that was announced at GDC last week, and this one got everyone excited too. And it's kind of funny because the HP reverb looks more like a second generation Rift than Rift S does. WTF, man. Like it totally yeah. swapped. What are they doing? I know, right? So this is uh, HP's new Windows Mixed Reality headset. We've previously talked about it on the show. It was under the code name of Copper, uh, but now they announced that the official name is going to be Reverb. Uh, and basically, this one piqued my interest alongside Rift S. Uh, and I've been looking forward maybe a, a Windows MR headset for a little while. I've mentioned it on the show that I was looking at getting the Odyssey or the Odyssey Plus when they had the big price drops and I was going to order one from Big Apple Buddy, but they screwed me over twice, so I didn't end up getting one in the end. So the HP Reverb is actually... They didn't twice, right? Or they didn't follow through. I don't think they screwed you over. That's a little bit hard. They, they messed me around. Yeah, um, yeah. So the HP Reverb is actually a device that I'm actually thinking about buying, alongside the other two headsets, of course, the Quest yeah. and the Rift S. Um, so I know that this next couple of months is going to be very expensive for me, but that's the way it is. Um, but basically, the the Reverb uses uh, two front-facing cameras for tracking, just like the rest of the Windows Mixed Reality uh, headset lineup. Yeah. And um, for the most part, like Tyrion said, it does a pretty good job, although there are some movements that are going to be you know, uh, compromised or tricky. Yeah. Mm. Using a device like this, it won't have the same range of tracking that the Rift S is likely to offer. I think that's fair to say, right? You know, the mm. Rift S has got five cameras. This HP Reverb's got two cameras. Uh, in terms of specs, though, where it gets really interesting is the resolution of this headset because it's 2160 by 2160 yeah. uh, I. And that's a big jump. Is you know, it? when you compare it to Rift S, which is 1280 by 1440 per I, it's a very big jump, a very big jump. And this means that it's going to look super nice in the headset. And this is going to be like one of the highest resolution headsets that you can buy, even higher than the okay. Vive Pro. It's actually the, the highest that you can buy, even more than the PyMax 8K, because it's, uh, you have to consider a resolution not just for the panel itself, that is already very high because 2160 by 2160, but for the pixel per degree. So yes. uh, how many pixels you have in, the, in your degree of view? And uh, this has the highest in the market, like a 65, something like that, when the, the Pimax is like around 40 and uh, the Vive Pro is around 30, something like that. So it, it, it will be the most like uh, resoluted, how do you say it? <laughs> most resoluted. <laughs> yeah. I had the, the Finally detailed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're absolutely <laughs> right there because the, the Pimax has to share it with that whole 170 degree field of view, mm. whereas with the Reverb, it's, it's got 114 degrees oh. field of view. So, yeah, like you said, it's going to look super nice. It's going to be a very high resolution. And uh, again, it uses an LCD panel. So just like I explained with the Rift S, it's got that RGB subpixel stripe, which means that, you know, it's going to be more dense and it's going to look nicer in terms of the display, although it comes with a compromise, just like the Rift S, that it doesn't have the same uh, really rich and dark black that it can provide with an OLED panel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. again, with the uh, just with the reverb, it has a software-based IPD adjustment, um, although this one does have integrated earphones like the original Rift, so if you're a fan <laughs> of those, you'll be like, you'll like those. It's got the same baseball cap style fit, as the original Rift as well. You know, I gotta I gotta play the Palmer Lucky role here uh, just for a moment because I'm sure when and he probably had an inside track on this with friends or whatever who are feeding him info on on the S. But the removal of the audio, so, like Lucky was and still is, of course, he's not dead, just not with Oculus anymore, <laughs> is an audiophile, right? And 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 engineered a solution that really delivered audio fidelity, 3D audio, spatial audio um, in a way that was surprising even to someone who really appreciates fine audio. They took it out most likely for economic reasons, right? And it makes sense. Again, another appropriate move given their targets and what they're trying to do. But if you look at this headset and to to Mike's analogy, not Mark, Mike, Mike, Mike's analogy. Imagine those seagulls now. Mike, Mike, Mike. Um, if if you take that and you look at this headset with a view of, oh, it's like Rift 2.0. Yeah, you know, you're not necessarily... It's an HP headset. You're paying $649. You're running it with a pretty beefy machine because you're going to need it for driving this. And and it's, it's maybe not what you're expecting in the audio department. Just, I wanted to put that out there. I don't know what the specs are, yeah. but I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, like we're going to get onto like it sounds all roses from what we've explained so far, but there are some big drawbacks, big drawbacks. And I think this is where Tyrell's, um, you know, experience with Windows MR can probably shine through because uh, you've had a lot of hands on time with the Windows MR headsets. Um, maybe we should just start with generally what you think about Windows MR as a platform in general before we get into like controllers and everything else. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I want to just go back a second sure. to what Zim was saying. Uh, because for me, uh, what you said about like uh, the resolution, the feeling about the Rift 2 and stuff like that is actually this headset, this HP headset, for me, is a key point to understand the Rift S. Because you have that resolution that, guys, is, is, is amazing. And like, uh, of course, it's going to look amazing in your eyes, mm-hmm. but we can't, we can't run it. Like I have tw- a 2080 Ti, <laughs> I'm trying to run that resolution on a Pimax, and I cannot, like, it, it doesn't run. Generation 2.0 of VR headset are going to have, um, like, a forward rendering with the eye tracking and stuff like that because we need that because our PC are not fast enough for that resolution. Exactly, exactly. That's why you can understand better seeing these headset, you can understand better the Rift S and the position that they took of, like, having less resolution and be able to, make it run 
on every uh, like a PC that is already running VR. Yeah. Of course, there's also the part that they want to make some money because it costs less. Of course, we're not saying that it's not like that, but also uh, like if it's like the purpose of uh, Oculus to to bring it to more more people because. If not with HP, yes, I would buy the HP, but I know that I, I'm going to have to crank down the resolution of the rendering yep. and it's not going to look as good as a native resolution. You know? Exactly, exactly. Uh, so what about you, Kath? Do you, would you, how do you feel about this HP uh, reverb? Are you sort of tempted to, to sort of buy one or not so much? Um, well, we haven't talked about the price yet, right? Or did we? It's, it's $600 for the exactly. HP headset. $650. Yeah. Yeah. Six fifty. Six fifty for business. Five ninety nine yeah. for oh, regular. Right. Right. Okay. Yes, um, and I feel like the only big difference is the the resolution, um, and I I don't think I would I would like uh, I, I like for example I constantly switch between the Oculus Rift and the Five Pro, and I know the Five Pro uh, it has a higher resolution the Rift the Rift itself, but not higher than the HP Reverb. But still, hmm. uh, the Five Pro looks amazing to me, but when I switch, I still get the same kind of gaming experience when I'm playing both devices. I also tried the Pimax before, and although that looks amazing to me, I can still switch back. It's no problem for me. So I don't think, personally, that it would be worth to pay $200 more just for the bigger resolution and the slightly better, better refresh mm. rate that might not make a difference at all. Um, if you are on a budget, that is. If, if you want an upgrade and don't mind paying the money, but yeah, I think it, it could be a good option. Two gold chains and a couple of headsets <laughs> and a Lambo. You know, it, uh, it's fine. I think I think Tyrell uh, made a really good point, and that's you're going to need like high-end hardware to run this. A 2080 Ti is likely, um, but even on top of that, there are some other compromises you're going to have to make because the one weakness that I found with Windows MR is that the controllers suck. Like. I, I hate the controllers. They are basically like having two torches in your hand because they use LED tracking whoa, 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 and they whoa, burn. Whoa, whoa. You got to translate for Americans. They're going to take two <laughs> sticks with fire, not two sticks with fire. So basically they, they burn through batteries ridiculously fast. That's right, isn't it, Terrell? They, they, they really go through batteries. Yeah, and my, my suggestion number one is to go for rechargeable batteries because you're not going to need it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and the thing is, like, if you're an Oculus Rift owner right now, you've probably got a lot of Oculus titles in your Oculus Home Library and and Steam VR. And Windows MR does work with Steam very well. It's pretty much compatible in every Steam VR game. However, when you try and play Oculus titles that are exclusive titles, which we know are the really exciting games, really, because they're the only ones funding games right now. So games like Asgard's Wrath, uh, Defector, Stormland, these great big titles that we're looking forward to playing. And if you're thinking, oh, I'll buy the Reverb, use Revive and play these Oculus titles with this new headset with the amazing field of view and and, and resolution that I want, the problem you're going to have is the controller mapping, right? Uh, And you've had some experience with using Revive with the Oculus. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's a thing that is nice, though, because uh, with Revive, it has a a spin on it, a second version for just Windows Mixed Reality, where you actually map better the controllers to use the thumbstick, like it should be in the Oculus Rift, Mm -hmm. and the buttons, like they're going to be the top and the bottom on the thumbstick. Uh, sorry, the touchpad, touchpad. On, yeah. on there. Uh, but yeah, it will never feel like the Oculus Touch anyway. Those are like just 
for me, they're still the best controllers. I'm going to say it forever and ever. The only thing is are a little short for me because I have big ends, oh. but uh, they like they feel right. If I want to play uh, Oculus games and I have the Odyssey Plus, uh, I have the Pimax, I have uh, like uh, the most resolution things I can... You, guys can imagine but i go back to the oculus rift because i rather have the experience mm. as it should be and not uh like sometimes you lose some frames and stuff like that but again i don't have two uh, oculus rift so when i play with either from the other sun i'm uh, i'm in the pimax or i'm in the odyssey plus i'm in the vive pro with revive and she's on the oculus rift and that makes you also understand the fact that I, I can bear with like a frames that are not there in the right moment, tracking that sometimes goes a little crazy. Yeah. Instead, a regular person that play less than me, uh, well, uh, she expects like she gets sick if stuff mm. are not going in the good right way. Good man to his woman. Good man to his I'm just going to point that out there. Heather, you got yourself a good dude. Good VR dude. Yeah. <laughs> 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 trauma, you know, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of way to anyway like uh, like change the mapping of the controllers also on steam now you can do it it's very nice and uh, it, like windows mixed reality is getting better and better yeah. but I, I think it's not at the point yet where you can use it for everything everything uh, but you have the same problem with the with the vive 2 if you want to play in your revive like sometimes yeah. like they Artica doesn't run so well on the Vive, and uh, it's just like that. Like it really depends. Like the ecosystem. At the end of the day, we are still like it's a very like a PlayStation, Xbox. Like uh, what I want for games more, and then you decide. Even if uh, the Xbox controller for me is better, but I want to play from like uh, I don't know. I'm not a PlayStation person. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Last of Us. I want to play The Last of Us, and uh, yeah. I. I can't because I'm uh, and I have the Xbox One controller, but uh, it, it's it's a little tricky. It doesn't work as well for the Oculus titles. Some Steam VR titles too, like uh, they can give some problem. But overall, like I, I always suggest Windows Mixed Reality. But with desired resolution, mm. I, I'm concerned about like what you're gonna be able to run anyway yeah. with the VR reverb. So I think, you know, this this headset's going to be coming out April time. Uh, we're not sure if it's going to be available in Europe, like um, just like we had the problems with the, the Odyssey. I think it might be US only. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but just to sort of summarize then about the Rift S and Reverb, uh, you know, the, the Rift S obviously has a lower resolution, has a lower refresh rate. However, it's going to have better tracking. It's going to have better controllers, and it's going to have better support for first-party games, which are the big AAA games that we, we've been really looking forward to. And it costs 400 bucks. The reverb has higher resolution, higher refresh rate, worse tracking, worse controller, and you're going to need to use to use Revive to ac access Oculus titles, which are unlikely going to be mapped one to one, and it's going to cost you 600 bucks. So, really, the information is there. It's a tough call. There's going to be use cases that choose one over the other, and I understand that, but it's all going to be down to your own personal use cases. But if you are a very enthusiast, you can actually use the lighthouses with the Windows Mixed Reality and use like the Vive tracking with that for the controllers and use just the headset for the headset tracking. Mind blown. So there you have it. But it's, have very, it. it's a very enthusiast thing, so you need to buy a Vive as well <laughs> with the reverb. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. 
And obviously, you know, to come, there's going to be Valve doing their thing, like we mentioned earlier. So if you're confused or conflicted, maybe wait a little bit longer. I think we'll know for sure in a few months. So if you can hold that a little bit longer because you're really on the fence about all these things we've talked about today, then just wait a little bit longer and see what Valve brings to the table as well. It'll be a bloody busy April and June. <laughs> It, it, it is. It, I mean, out the door. If we just yeah, consider Quest, Quest, <laughs> Quest Grands, here's 50 yeah. games to play and cover and record and all that. Oh, and here's Rift S. And oh, my Lord. The, yeah. This is going to be a very busy it, summer. Exactly. Um, so we've gone on longer than we usually gone on, but it's because we've had so much to talk about. And I think it's really important that we kind of hit on all the topics that we did. Uh, if you've got any questions, now's a good time to do it while I sort of recap uh, the show. And then we can sort of round up the show and uh, and, and leave you to have a, a nice weekend. So just a reminder, this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Tune into the show at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. Check out the audio version on your commute or on your travels, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Anchor. Uh, so now's a great time for questions. If you've got any, go for it. You can ask us anything you want, whether it be about the Rift S, the Reverb, the Quest, um, any concerns you might have. If you're excited for more news coming next week at PAX, uh, mm. let us know. Uh, but what about Vedno says, why no thoughts about Cosmos? Uh, we've covered the Cosmos on a previous episode of the show. Uh, there wasn't really anything at GDC about the Cosmos. Uh, we were hoping that they were going to show it and get more hands on time with it, but they didn't. Mm. Another question yeah, the thing about the Cosmos, though, like uh, they are moving Vive is moving, uh, like HTC Vive is moving exactly in the same way Oculus is moving right now. If you notice, like they're switching them too to inside out tracking. So probably we are going to have these discussions all over again when the Cosmos is going to be released. Absolutely. <laughs> I, love, I love Rowdy's question. Got a question. What does Kaz, what does her sweater say? I think it's Amber Crabbie and Fitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's an American brand because they always have like the sexy guy model, which I assume Rowdy has modeled for in the past. They have go models too. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, that sounded more indicting than it, than it should have been. Um, there's another one here, I'm sure. While you're looking for questions, maybe we can just answer one easy question each. And that's mm -hmm. what are you most looking forward to next week at PAX? And I'll kick it over to Cass first. Um, I'm really looking forward to trying the quest again, actually. I'm just really hyped for that, um, for that device. Just uh, trying out going crazy with Beat Saber and the new games as well. That yeah. is what I'm uh, most excited for. Awesome. What about you, Tyrell? Uh, like, you know, I want to see this Rift S and uh, like crank it, like see like everything about it. Uh, yeah. Because like, I, I just want to understand it. And <laughs> as I said, I have mixed feelings. I, I don't want to have mixed feelings. I, I want to know what, what's going on in there. So uh I, I want to stuff clear, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel the same way. Absolutely, feel the same way that you do. And I'm really excited to check out Asgard's Wrath and get my hands on that game. That looks really nice. What about Ezim? I have to Sorry. try to um, the other. Uh, oh, the one from Storm Insomniac. Storm Storm uh, I didn't try it yet. Like, I'm, <sighs> I'm I want to try it so much. That game is so nice. That game is so nice. Oh, you'll like it. And apparently, well, no way. I think we were guessing maybe there might be multiplayer. You can. The best part about Stormland for me was you can pop your arm off and upgrade it. I wish I could upgrade these arms, you know, without going to the gym. It'd be great. Yeah. The multiplayer is co-op. You can play co-op together. And to answer your question, Mike, 
next week, this is going to sound super cheesy, but it's true. And this is the way I go to any event, um, is it's the people. You know, if I went there and there was just headsets uh, in the dark room, I uh, wouldn't give a fuck about it. But seeing all of you about together <laughs> with other VR enthusiasts, even one who you haven't seen in a while, is an insane energy bubble that yeah. once you've tapped into that, man, that's that's better than cocaine. Never had cocaine, but I, I know it's better than cocaine. So there you go. Um, what do we got here? There were questions about um, like the move away from Windows MR. Uh, VR bug, uh, who's a friend of mine from from Twitchland, is um, surprised at the move deeper into the MR category when he felt that Microsoft was striving away from it. And to be honest, I was a little bit surprised at that as well. They seem to be doubling down on something that wasn't doing that well for them. But I think that that, that all those pickups, maybe with uh, Walmart, you know, and and, and other large corporations uh, really striving into the into the corporate domain. Maybe it's turned that around. I don't know. What's your opinion on that? I think they, they, they highlighted in their keynote that they knew that the Windows ML lineup was a subpar product compared to what was already available on the market. Yeah. So they were, they were up against stiff competition from the outset. And that was the issue. Obviously, now that's changed. You know, Samsung Odyssey is an amazing headset, you know, but the original lineup wasn't particularly strong. But I mean, the original idea of Windows Mixed Reality was to be competitive in prices. Like mm -hmm. that was the idea. And the problem is like, okay, we're going to have an headset for $399 and uh, it's not going to be the best one, but it's going to be $399. That's how they came out when uh, the Rift was uh, $699 and the, and the Vive was uh, $799. And then like a week after, like Oculus dropped the price and it was like, what the heck? Like I just made this for people. Like I, now you're, <laughs> you're bringing down the price as well. Like, so it didn't work out because then the market changed in that same period at the same time. Like it was weird. Yeah, exactly. Final question. What kind of game is Stormlands? Uh, so Stormland is a game where you play a robot farmer uh, on a planet. <laughs> uh, yeah, it gets invaded by these weird aliens. You get basically left for dead and you wake up and all your little robot farming buddies are scattered around the environment. You have to basically salvage parts from them to upgrade yourself and basically fight back. And then there's going to be some real cool co-op missions like raids, like Destiny-style co-op raids that you can do with your buddies. So it's going to be a, a lot of fun. It's made by Insomniac. It's, it's, it's awesome. I tried it. It's awesome. Super hyped for that game. So you, you take the movie WALL-E and you add locomotion and boom, yes. there you go. That's it. <laughs> In a nutshell, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that is uh, this week's episode wrapped up. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing the show from the show floor at PAX uh, next week, and we won't be doing it live, but we'll be premiering it uh, at the usual time. So come back at the usual time. The show will be there. We'll be in the chat interacting with you live, but the show will be pre-recorded just to give you the heads up. But obviously we're going to have hands-on with the Rift S, uh, loads of Quest stuff, all the games. So it's going to be an interesting show. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. We hope you have a great week in VR until then. Thanks again for joining us on the show. Thanks again to Cass uh, for joining us and Tyrell Wood as well. Thank you guys. It's been a pleasure talking VR with you Superb. as always. Can't great. wait to hang out with you both next Thanks week. Have a great week, guys. See you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.